Happy April, everyone. So in a moment, we will be sitting with Therese Plummer, who is a professional storyteller, and she's going to share a little bit about that journey of what that looks like and how she got to be there um, with telling people's stories. Uh, before we get there, though, a couple things happening in Nomadland, as I've been letting you know. April is my birthday month, so I get to do some of my favorite things of collaborating with people that I love and respect, um, who also have many talents. Uh, So starting April 14th, Move Into Breath. This is a collaboration with Erica Forcell, who was on here a few weeks ago. She is an acupuncturist, but also a breathwork facilitator. So we are bringing Movement 109 and breathwork together. April 14th, that's a Sunday at four o'clock at Bar, Body, and Soul. That's going to be a really special event. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, there. Then happening April 26th at Namastasis in Fishkill, I will be sharing again Movement 109, uh, which I'm really excited to be back. We had such an awesome group when I was there. I think it was in February and really looking forward to going um, back to this beautiful space of Becca Roberts space. And we are actually doing a retreat together, Becca and I, uh, in Belize, November 17th through 22nd. So Uh, All the information is up now. You can go over to the website, see what our Nomad special rate is, and um, sign up. This is going to be awesome. We had such an awesome time. I went there back in October last year, and I'm really looking forward to going back and returning again. Uh, And so... Uh, Movement 109, I shared that we were going to do an event April 18th in the city at Energy, but Energy's having a little bit of scheduling issues and we are going to hold on and postpone that for May. I'll have hopefully by the next week at this next episode, I will have more information. They wanted to make sure we were in the best space possible um, with no, um, no distractions. So we just decided to hold off on it, make sure that we have a nice space for Margot and me. Um, Margot will be doing after Movement 109, the tarot reading, which I'm really excited about. So stay tuned next week for more of that information. And then happening at the end of this month, April 27th and 28th, uh, the tribe training. So I've been telling you about this. You can go back and listen to our episodes with Jessica. Uh, I sat down with her. She's one of the teachers, my nomad teachers, but also one of the co-founders of Tribe. And also along with myself and Amy Getzmeyer, uh, we will be leading our weekend training for, this is for anybody. If you're a yoga teacher, if you're already in the military, if you have access to, you know, working with the military, maybe you're a therapist or a social worker of some kind, and you want to share these tools with your, with your clients um, and your students, this is, this, this is the training for you. We're going to teach you how to integrate the tools, not just the physical practice, but mindfulness, meditation, the philosophy of yoga to make a more holistic soldier um, and, and living in a, uh, the military life, how it finding balance and, and, and continuing endurance, uh, building endurance and being a resilient soldier. So wonderful tools. I'm really excited to share this weekend with some of you. So go over to the Nomad website and find out more information there. And soon we will be formally announcing our retreat in Bali, March 2020. So hold that month open. I will be sharing more about that soon. So now let's go and sit with 
Therese Plummer. All right, so today I'm here with Therese Plummer, and I met you three or four years ago, maybe. Yeah. You were doing your teacher training up in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. And I wasn't a part, I don't think I was a part of that, but I remember you coming to my class. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, I... I don't know if we ever really talked about... Well, you actually did. You came up afterwards. But I remember you coming to my class and you left. Do you remember that? Because I had a heart palpitation. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know that. And I remember... I don't usually like get emotional about people leaving my class. But for some reason, I was like, man, I, was, I felt my ego was going... Oh, yeah, I'm rocking this class out. And then you got up and you looked oh. at me and walked out. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not doing it today. And then you came up, actually, and you told me. You came up and apologized for leaving and explained what was going on. And, and it was just a test for me to check, first of all, with my ego, but also to say, you know, it's not always your wow. story. It's somebody else's experience, and it has nothing to do with you, right, not to get wrapped up in it. So we haven't really actually sat down and ever talked. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, this is our first time, really. Yeah, it is. It so is. I'm excited to see where this goes. I totally forgot that that was that happened at our first class. Yeah, I'm all like, oh, it was amazing. It was you were because <laughs> I remember you being such a good teacher. Oh, thank you. And then my palpitations just getting too crazy, and I had to go, and I yeah. ended up getting a procedure done. Okay. Shortly thereafter, because you Bassar. didn't finish the training. I couldn't. Yeah. They. It was the palpitations were coming so frequently from the hot room mm -hmm. and then thank god I got it done I've been oh, non-symptomatic or whatever I haven't had symptoms in five years but okay. recently I've had some flutters but you were a great teacher <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I appreciate it I'm not looking for no no compliments, because but... then I saw you again at the yoga by the river by the Hudson yeah. Hudson what is it called um the Long Dock Park oh yeah which magic oh bringing all of us together yeah for I, that yeah, that's one. Of, that was one of my favorite experiences. I've um, been in kind of awe, like I, you know, because I remember seeing you around Beacon, and I think you were renting an apartment in downtown. Yeah, right. Yeah, still am. It's like, what is this girl's story? You know, <laughs> here she is, and she's like starting Nomad, and she's got like she's gathering all these people together, and she's teaching yoga, and I'm just inspired, Aww, just in you. awe, because I would always go to the coffee shop to prep my books, and I would okay. see you, and I'm like. Is <laughs> so I'm psyched to sit and talk oh, to you, get to know you. That's awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's so funny how we have perceptions of, of people. And I've witnessed you. I mean, just after that experience, we found each other on, you know, social media mm -hmm. and I've been following you and just kind of watching your personal and professional journey from the outside. I really don't know the whole story of it all, but um, I've just been intrigued and inspired by you. Mm. And I thought, I don't remember what post you put up recently, but I thought I need Therese to be on my <laughs> podcast. She's a storyteller. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, yeah, so you were down and I appreciate it. And here it is. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah. So let's let, let, yeah, share a little bit about who you are. And oh boy. To being here today. This is, first of all, I just want to say this is amazing. And I'm just so used to telling other people's stories that <laughs> a chance to, I'm a little intimidated right now. So I'm just going to take a deep breath. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we're sitting in a room <laughs> full of physio balls, a big teddy bear. I mean, how could you be intimidated by this? 
And there's probably going to be toilet flushes. Toilet flushes. Yeah. Hand dryers going off. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely so you right. You should definitely be intimidated. Yeah, this is this is the big this is the big time right here. You've made it big now. Oh, well, I just that's a perfect segue because um I make my living as a self-supporting artist and as an actor and a, a storyteller, as an audiobook narrator. And there is such a safety hiding behind the mask of playing somebody else, yeah. but also bringing the authenticity of who I am as a person. So to just talk about myself and not have the mask and not present whatever yeah. to the world, that does feel a little intimidating in a good way. Yeah. And I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Good. So, yeah. Um, so do you want me to just kind of say where, who I am, where I come from? Yeah. So you said you're an actress. <laughs> I am. So I, yeah. I come from a big family, eight kids, okay. four girls, four boys. My dad was a professional actor. Oh, okay. He left New York City because he had the calling to be a priest. Oh, whoa. So he ended up in a seminary and then ended up kind of, you know, realizing, no, 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 I don't want to be a priest. I want to, you know, he just... When were you around? No, no, no. Okay, so this was when he was very young. So then, yeah, and then he um, became a reporter for the Times-Herald Record, and my mother was the photographer. Oh, okay. And so they met that way. My mom was like a total hottie. (laughs) My dad was like, ah, who is that? I need to meet her. And she's all, yo, leave me alone. I'm taking pictures. (laughs) I'm a lot like my mom. And so they fell in love and they ended up having eight kids, Irish Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so my brother and I were the only two that followed in my dad's footsteps. And my brother actually works behind the camera now. He's in production. He is a producer for Wavelength Productions who just put on um, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of other really great, successful documentaries at Sundance. I am still beating the pavement. <laughs> and it's cool because um, I don't know. I, I almost said I don't know what else I would have done, but that's not true because, yeah, the, yeah that's not true. Keep me on, keep me on point because I go, my brain goes in <laughs> many different directions. Yeah. So I, so growing up in our house, because we had so many kids, we would tell stories all the time. We'd put on plays for my parents and we'd like, <laughs> we'd make sets and costumes and we'd do musicals and all the makeup and everything. It was hysterical. We'd do Aww. Cinderella. My brothers would do magic shows and we lived in this Victorian house. My parents ended up buying it um, for Where super cheap. Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Okay. And we would set it up the little love seat and there would be these two columns and we'd put sheets. Wow. So there would be, you know, the yeah. whole, so it was just very, we're very like dramatic family. Yeah. Everyone was in the arts in some way. So I grew up at just kind of telling stories. Um, that was one part of it. That was amazing. There was another part because there were so many people. I found it to be extremely loud, mm-hmm. extremely competitive. I didn't count, no one, there were no supporting actors in the family. <laughs> Everyone was a main character. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes it felt better to just disappear. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I did that was I went into my mind, into my imagination, into my fantasy world, and just stayed by myself, wrote stories. Mm-hmm. Up in the attic in the house that we lived in, there were three rooms, and I created spaces where in one um, 
I'm sorry if you listen to this mom, but I would smoke cigarettes <laughs> and do monologues. Yeah. And there was like a big mirror. So I would do all these different monologues and okay. just keep myself company that way. The room in the front of the house is where I would dance. Yeah. And there was another mirror and I would just do all I'd put on, you know, the little cassette tapes back mm-hmm. then. <laughs> yep. And we would, and I would dance and I would dance. And then the middle room had tons of every, I don't know, just all these old clothes and, and boxes of, of things. And I would just dress up in costumes. Yeah. So I was escaping through the arts from a super, super early age. Yeah. I feel as if, if I didn't have those rooms and have those escapes, things would have gone. They, they did go a little crazy for a couple of years, mm. but I don't, I don't know if I would be here. Mm. I feel like it saved me in a way. Yeah. So I'm going to stop there because I just, I want to like not keep going. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I can relate to that completely. Uh, I was the opposite. I, I um, was the only child basically. Ah. uh, And my parents were divorced. So I was living by myself with my father, but like you, there was still, it was still showtime. Dinner time was showtime. After dinner, it's done. I eat fast. And then I needed to go prepare for the show because he needed to sit there and watch my show. And if a friend was over, they were going to be in my show dancing (laughs) for my father. (laughs) So I relate to that completely. And being by myself, I didn't really, I, I don't think I really missed having a lot of people around. Like you were escaping the people and I just was, that's what life was. So I did a lot of that escape too because my childhood was very challenging with my father. Um, I've shared a bit in prior podcasts, but um, yeah, so I can completely relate into how the arts were basically our therapy. Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot of us artists, you know, who've started at an early age, that's why, and that's why we're so drawn to it. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that's why when I did end up in college, I ended up studying psychology (laughs) because I was fascinated. I I was fascinated by all these characters in my house. I was fascinated by my parents. I was, you know, we were poor. I mean, how can you not be with 10 people, right? You have to eat and yet, yeah, and yeah. thank God for government assistance. I think about that today, and I'm like, if we didn't have that brick of government cheese, yeah. Yeah. and we didn't have those food, because at one point, my dad was trying to take care of a family of eight kids working in public relations for a hospital, getting paid $24,000 a year. Yeah. I think, if that's right, it might even, even be less. What, was that the 80s? The 80s. Yeah. Wasn't getting paid. My mother was like, "Uh, we need to feed these, you know. So the government came in. But here's what I want to, the reason I brought that up is because I always took that as this is why I'm never going to make it in life. Mm. We're so poor. Mm -hmm. There's too many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, My older sisters are so beautiful, right? And even though we were so poor, they managed to look like they walked off of pages of magazines. My oldest sister has this gift of going into the Salvation Army and walking out looking like a, a model, mm. you know, walking <laughs> on a runway. And I'm just like, I just didn't have the patience. So yeah. I, but it was always, you know, so the world saw us as one thing, mm-hmm. right? They didn't know, like we grabbed it off the shelves of the Salvation Army, yeah. the Goodwill. But behind closed doors was the real story, yeah. right? Was the struggle and the poverty and the, um, 
the angst and the anxiety and the depression. And at one point, what, there were how many teenagers living under one roof? (laughs) I mean, if you can imagine being, you remember your adolescence and how, right? And so not only was I dealing with my own hormonal hell, everybody else. What was the age span? Oh my goodness. So that's the best part. Ten, um, eight kids in 10 years. Were there twins? Irish twins. Okay. <laughs> oh, Irish twins. So I was the fifth kid in six years. Wow. My mo- the story is my mother's like, I had no energy to push you out. The nurse came from behind her and like pushed on her stomach to get, my mother clocked her across the oh room. Oh God. I came out. My father's like, holy, this kid is full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> I think I like came into the world like, you know, Rocky. Yeah. I was ready to fight, but just a little scrapper. My yeah. mom said, you know, I used to jump right in the middle of my two brothers and they'd be wrestling. And I just, you know, I just, You're I feel, it. so I want to, I just want to say that that couldn't have been further from the truth. Mm. And I know people probably like therapists and people along the way, teachers. I had a dance teacher in college, Kristen Dagnan who gave me the keys to the dance studio. Mm. And she said to me, you come here whenever you want mm. and work it out. And it's like she, yeah. she knew, right? Yeah. I had this little, she's, she's I didn't angel. tell, she's complete, complete angel. And I would go in there and I'd put in Tori Amos. Oh yeah, Tori, I know. I danced with Tori too. Right, and <laughs> Crucify would be blaring on yeah. the speakers. Girl, I would just, I mean, I'm sweating and I'm twirling crying. and I'm crying. I'm yeah. beating the floor and I'm working it out. Yeah. And this woman, I don't know if she ever knew, she gave me the keys to yeah. be able to like not do it in a self-destructive way, but in this yeah. way that I was just. She gave you keys to your serenity. Amazing. Yeah. And teachers like that, mentors like that, angels like that all along the way. I'm just, my mind is blown. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I met this guy later on in life and he said, oh, you're bilingual. And I was like, no, I'm not. I I barely passed Spanish in high school. (laughs) You speak English and Victimese. Oh. And I said, what the what now? (laughs) Called me out, like just... I said, what, what do, you, do you know how hard my upbringing was? Like, don't you know? He's like, you speak English and victim. I said, what, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah. He said, you, you, you're living as a victim, mm. but yet your idol is Rocky <laughs> and Rocky Four. So, so what's the disconnect there? Mm. And, it, and I was like 15. I'm just like, shut up. Like, you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My life was hard, oh, right? Yeah. So I walked around for the longest time feeling like a victim in life and feeling, and, and yeah, my life was hard and there were challenges and I had way too many people under one roof and not enough money and, you know, all the stuff, the abuse, the emotional neglect, all the kind of stuff. And yet I was like this. I, I, I don't know. My dad said I came into the world like this. <laughs> Already defending yourself. Right? Yeah. Well, defending or... In like a, 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 a like a glass yeah. flip over, was I like ready to like take it on? Yeah. Right. Okay. Like yeah. a warrior. Yeah. Like a fighter. Like yeah. a Rocky. Yeah. And so for the longest time, I did have to defend, right, and survive. Mm-hmm. But I think about my life today as a storyteller, as a self-supporting artist, as my own agent, as my own advocate, as my own. I'm like a one-woman show, yeah, man. You are. I got to do it all, right? And I do it. 
And I'm, I'm, because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. And before I was a victim of it. And now I'm an advocate of it. Now I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not Therese Plummer. Oh, did you know how I grew up? Now yeah. I'm, this is where I came from. Look where I'm going. Look where I am. And whoa, where are we going? Yeah. Right. And so I want to share that message because if there's a little girl or a little boy, little king, little queen, mm-hmm in the middle of like Midwestern U.S. or Pennsylvania, where I was, poor, big dreams, huge dreams, colorful dreams, but how am I ever going to get there? My dad told me once, we went and there was like this quote-unquote agent, Okay. you know, these like yeah. scams that yeah. they have, yeah. and I'm like, Dad, this is my big break. This is it. He said to You're me, not taking it seriously. and of course the agent was like, we need like $500 and you right. need this. And it was a total scam. Yeah. And I couldn't see it with of my course. little 13 year old eyes and heart. And my dad goes, well, guess we got to go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was mortified. And I was like, I'm never going to that in front of the man. No, when yeah. he and I were walking okay. home and I thought to myself, see, I'll never make it because yeah. we don't have money. And we don't have what I need in order to make my dreams come true. And that is the biggest lie yeah. that I told myself. And I don't know where I'm going with this, if any of this is no, making sense. it but all is making sense. And I mean, I love, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, and I love that you're speaking to the little boy and little girl, but there are so many of those little boy and little girls living in human adult bodies, Thank too. you. <laughs> thank right? you. Because... I, I mean, we have different stories, but similar. I mean, I was definitely playing a bit of victim for a period of time, especially, you know, back in 2013 when I, my father passed away and Mm. my ex-husband decided to, you know, end our marriage right there. It's like victim, victim. Oh, woe's me. And yeah, I needed to freaking feel my feelings. Yes. But there was a period of time that I felt like, I was even sick of hearing my story being Mm. told of, you know, the loss over and over again. And because it happened, you know, because of all the stuff that happened in my childhood, I mean, I was sort of getting sick of that story too. That's it. (laughs) That's the only time I'll change is when I am sick and tired of hearing it, right? Yeah. But you, but you, I love what you just said. I had to feel my feelings. Yeah. Like I am in no way saying, get over it. Just move through. No, 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 no. But. I was actually, I was holding myself hostage yeah. with it. Yeah. What is that book? Drop the rock or something like Ooh. that. I heard. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, I like it. So when I, the guy, I can see the yeah. Drop the rock. I literally was carrying it like yeah. a backpack because that was my identity. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was I got to recreate myself in yeah. any way I wanted to. Absolutely. I didn't. I didn't. I, what do you do with that freedom? Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. It's like too big almost, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, right when you said that, I'm thinking of social media, too. And that's kind of how I was drawn to you, too. Just that of you're creating this image of yourself and and how we kind of poo-poo social media a lot because of, you know, how it turns into more of a negative thing of people looking at people and going, oh, I can't be good. But look at what you've done, you know, Mm. how the attraction you have created for yourself, even though you're sitting here and being realistic, like it's still a hustle, but you have created this image and you are, because you're believing it and you're living it and all of that will follow. If it hasn't been at your doorstep yet, it's coming because you really believe in it. 
And I find for myself, too, I'm kind of going through that. You know, I didn't put up videos of myself doing my, you know, when, you know, yoga and social media was like a thing of put on your perfect, you know, bikini and do your practice <laughs> on the beach and show people how your beautiful arm balances. And I cringed at that. Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah. this is my practice and the reality of it is ugly. Mm. Um, but now I'm kind of coming to terms with that in, in the light of what you're saying, too, of, you know, I want to share these things, um, not for my ego, but because I want to share these things for the better of everybody. Yeah. And I have to step into my own, like my ownership of that, like you are, right? You see yourself as this bigger being and you have to own it. And I feel that myself too, I'm kind of exploring that, you know, putting po picture or not pictures, but uh, videos up of my yeah. dancing now. Yes. Which is gorgeous, oh, by the way. And you. your Ted talk. <laughs> oh. I cried. Oh, it was amazing. You. It was amazing. I'm a huge Ted talk fan. It's like one of my goals is to do a Ted talk oh, at someday. You and one. I saw you and I was like, first of all, the concept yeah. and your partner Oh, You've danced with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we my were God. dance partners for years. You could city. tell. You guys were just, yeah. ooh. Yeah, he is. I got chills. It's so interesting because we danced in college together mm. and then we found each other in, in uh, the city years later. I love it. And then when it was, I got that opportunity, I was like, he's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He, it was beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I, I think I see you as, as that, too, of just stepping into it, you know, whatever that is. Right now, it seems to be your storytelling through other, you know, other people's stories. And you just always look so beautiful and glowing and so confident. Oh, um, the swan, right? So everyone yeah. sees the beautiful swan, but we don't see the, the legs. Oh, yeah. Going. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the, <laughs> the legs. Yeah. What is it called? The, 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 the little... <laughs> Yeah, we're doing the gesture of their little, whatever they're called. Goes a million miles. But after yeah. after college, I applied to get into grad school for acting because that's what my brother did. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. But yet I studied psychology, mm -hmm. minored in theater and modern dance, didn't get accepted to any of the grad schools and was like, okay, okay now it's time to work. Yeah. First job got as a crisis counselor. Oh, what does that okay. mean? We meet the kids in yeah. the ER yeah. after they try to take their lives or some other really catastrophic event happens. They come to the crisis center. I'm with a master's level therapist because I'm only a bachelor's mm -hmm. at that point. And I, we assess and then we take them back to their homes and we do family-based therapy in the home. Okay. That was my first year out of college. Wow. And if I... So you're like 22, 23. Exactly. I have no, I, I have so many stories, but can I share one? Of course. So this is your time. This is the storytelling. Yes. Yeah. So there was, there was one girl, beautiful, beautiful, blonde, little angelic, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair living in, I mean, I thought I grew up poor. This is just poverty on another level. Mm. So we go into the house and the mother is, I think, suffering from some mental illness, untreated herself. Um, and so the one day the master's level therapist who happens to be a gentleman can't go to the session with me. I said, no worries. I'll go on my own. No problem. Uh, so I went. It was just me and the young girl and the mother had some kind of a moment where she went into a rage and she was at the, I love it. She was <laughs> at the, um, the, the stove with an iron skillet. She picked up the iron skillet. She was coming at us, and I grabbed the girl, and I 
ran out the door and we just started walking. Yeah, I'm like 22, 23, right? So I don't even, anything. (laughs) And I um, was walking with her. I had gotten triggered as well. And I was taking a deep breath. And I said to the young girl, the best thing you can do is finish school and get into college. Just get out of this house. Yeah. And, and, And take care of yourself, right? Fast forward a couple years. I find out she sends Paul and I, that was the master's level therapist, a note. She had to go to a couple of group homes because it was so unsafe for her to be in the home. She gra- not only did she graduate high school, she went to the community college. She studied political science, mm-hmm. and now she works in the criminal justice system. Wow. I had this Just... moment, yeah, and it's one kid out of hundreds, right, yeah. where you'll get a story like that, but it's that one kid. Right. And so I spent the next five years working with kids, teenagers, young kids in that capacity, not crisis. But then I moved on to mental health and substance abuse. And then the last year was with adult men. And then I was like 26. Okay. And my head kept saying, you know, you need to, you need to go to New York and try to be an actor. But there was this part of me that was like, no, I need to work with people. I need yeah. to give back. I need, there you're was. You're getting stories from that. You're getting oh, material. My God. Not to say like belittle that experience, but. That, it's not that belittling it. No, because yeah. I would talk to my father after a day at work and I said, I have never experienced drama or catharsis. Mm-hmm like in one of these group therapy sessions, Mm -hmm. like to see what these men go through. And I believe that's what makes me such a good storyteller is because I've had that, I've had that exposure to like humanity. Yeah. In a way, I mean, I I feel, who who, who gets that? You know, I was sitting in a family therapy session once. The two daughters wrote a letter to their dad, who was the patient. And she started sobbing, saying, I need you to get clean so that you can walk me down the aisle. And this man was, had been incarcerated multiple times for domestic violence, for beating the crap out of his wife, beating up his kids. We're all sitting in a family therapy session. I'm 26 years old. Yeah. He starts to cry. And it was like just that moment where humanity came back in. It wasn't about addiction. It wasn't about anger. Yeah. It wasn't about like resentment you did this to me dad it was I need you yeah to walk like I need you in my life mm-hmm. and the dad heard her and had a moment and I was just like oh my god that's what this is about I know yeah so th- I miss that <laughs> and if I can take where I've been able to get to in my life of telling other people's stories but now being able to tell some of my own yeah what a gift that would be, yeah. right? You're doing it right now. Ooh, you gave me the chance, and I have chills. Yeah, I, I got chills throughout all of that. Um, yeah, and you, to go back to the little girl, I mean, how grateful you, that you got to hear that, that she continued on and she had made an influence, but there might be even more, you know. To, you said one in a hundred, but... Yeah. There might actually be like five. <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> or there. Or twenty. Yeah. Um yeah. that you just never hear back. You know, I yeah. I did um the Big Sister program. Oh nice. Uh, it wasn't Big Sister, it was called Art Start. So it was it was like a big sister program, but we always had to do something involving the arts. So I did that for a year and I was sort of in the same boat, you know. Sh- I was probably 
23, 24, I just felt like I needed to do something with my life yeah. besides just dance. <laughs> As I was like, I'm just a dancer. Um, and I kind of was immersed in that, you know, her, there was a potential that she had been sexually abused. There was no evidence, but, you know, we had this inkling that she might have been by her, her father. And, um, and, you know, I would go and pick her up and she lived with like multiple family members and the elevator was always smelling like urine. Mm. And it was just, it wasn't a very pretty picture. And I was like you, just overwhelmed by like, what the hell? And I felt like I wasn't doing a service to her. Yeah. You know, here I am picking her up once a week and doing like a little arts activity and then taking her back home to this. And, but she reached out to me on Facebook, you know, a couple years ago, just, she's grown up. She's an adult. She has a child, but she, Oh, that's amazing. She, you know, is doing her best. And I was just like, Oh, you know, so it is, it's just remembering, like, we're so fortunate to have those little moments of, yeah. of connection, um, to find out, you know, oh, they, they did continue on, but we, there, are, there might be more. I love that. I love that. I love that because I was, I was telling someone the other day when I worked for the adolescent therapy, uh, rehabilitation center, Clearbrook Lodge, I started to incorporate the drama therapy with the yeah. kids because what I learned was you can't sit there and ask a 13-year-old, 14, 15, how are you feeling? Yeah. First of all, they have no freaking idea. Second of all, they don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. But if you put them in a chair with like another chair, right? And all of a sudden it becomes a theater game and it becomes role playing and you put them in the, and now they're on a stage and now they get to, Yeah. I have never seen such catharsis happen so quickly and so beautifully. And I'm working with these girls from like Jersey and Philadelphia. I mean, they are beasts, right? They have grown up hard and they are not, and I have them hiking through the woods and they're Miss T, Miss T, where are you taking us? What's going on? And I'm just like, guys, just trust. Yeah. We start doing our exercises. I mean, within like minutes, people are crying. People, then we're all processing on the deck and we're smoking cigarettes and they say, Miss T, Miss, that was my name, Miss T. Miss T. (laughs) Miss T. We love this group. We love this group. And there was a part of me that knew so much that I was supposed to be there helping them. Mm-hmm. And I still was getting that tug to go to New York City to try to like make it professionally, right? Yeah. And so I was so torn. I was yeah. so torn. I was like, why can't this be enough? Mm. So maybe because we're supposed to be here today, right? Yes, absolutely. But so I would make all this progress with the girls and then the family would come in and the mom would be high. Okay. Or the dad would be, you couldn't even get him out of the car because yeah. he was like drunk. And I would do the session and then I would go into my mentor slash boss's office, Don, one of the greatest human beings that ever walked the earth. I think he's, he's unbelievable. And I sat down and I started crying and I said, why do we do this? Why do we put our heart and soul into this? You know, these kids, they do so well here. And then all of a sudden the parents come and we got to send them back into these homes and they're going to get high again. The parents are getting high, you know, and I just yeah. was so frustrated. Don just listened, rocked back on his chair and he looked at me and he said, don't ever discount that we are planting a seed yeah. of what a healthy home can look like. Yeah. And they may have it for a week. They may have it for a couple months, whatever. Some of the kids were long-term but they have it and they see it and they see a visual of it. So even if they have to go back there, their soul may want something better down the road. He said it in a way 
that was like, Therese, it's not a quick fix. It's not an instant fix here. What you're doing is tilling, right? What you're doing is planting seeds and and giving them different different doors, right? Different doors that they can travel down. Just like I think you said your dance teacher, Kristen. Kristen gave me the keys. She was giving you the keys, you know? Uh, Whether she knew what she was doing or not, like you said, but that fed your soul fed it and continued that journey for you you said there's something bigger for me and I need to move through it yeah so I mean there's evidence right there for you oh I love it I love it Oprah Winfrey said I I emailed this to you um find out what you're good at and learn how to give that back to the world yes so I am in love. I am I. (laughs) You are. You really are. Sometimes there's a part that's like, but I'm not in the trenches with my girls. And yeah. I've had this conversation with my family before because my family's very I love that there's like lots of sounds happening. Well, just me too. Me too. We're in it. Guys, we're right next to a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Only the best for you. Keeping it real. Yeah, only the best for you guys. But so um but my family's very political and okay. they can get very spirited. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom even, re- she ran for office um, in West Virginia this past year. Ooh. She didn't win, but, you know, she wanted to make a dis- difference. Right. Um, but I was thinking, you know, oh, they're just like, you know, they have their fists in there and they're fighting. Mm. And and I was feeling for a bit of time kind of guilty because here I am doing yoga and <laughs> meditating and, you know, finding the way. And, but I, there are really different roles. There are different archetypes. You know, there are people that need to be in the trenches, as Mm. you say. Mm. And there are also periods of our life that we need to be in the trenches. Like you needed to be in the trenches in your twenties. Maybe there was shedding some light with your victim. What did he say? Victimese. Yes. Maybe there was some, uh, maybe that was necessary for you because you got to really see other, like, people who are even lesser than, and so you could really relate to it. You could see yourself within it, but also go, oh, I actually have, I'm not the victim, you know? Well, I told so them they were part of my healing, Yeah, working with them. I yeah. may have helped them, but they, getting that girl out of the house and saying to her, yeah. just get through it, right? Yeah. It was almost, I was speaking to saying, myself, yeah. right? Well, everybody, I, I really think that everybody is your mirror. Oh. Even just us here talking and hearing your stories, and even though they're different, I'm like, oh, I am so, you're my mirror. Same, same. You know, um, Every experience we have is somebody's, we're somebody else's mirror. We're at the same time as them being our mirror. So. God, I love that. It, it it makes humanity feel so lovable again. Yeah. Because it's such a crazy time. It really is. <laughs> and I love that some of your family members do feel that, like, let's change yeah. it. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's also a gentle, a gentle wave that comes in, right, that yeah. we need as well. So yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think if I had, if I took the route that they took the route, and I think that it, like my sister, she's in her 20s, like she's 24, and she has her fist in there, and she told me the other day she wants to run for Senate, you know? Yes. So she, Get is, it, girl. she has that energy, she has that fire, mm-hmm. and mine is just doing this, like sharing people's stories and, and creating, you know, this understanding of connection and of humanity where there is a bit of a softening. And I think that both are relevant and necessary. But if I were to do that person with the fist in the air and fighting, 
I don't think I would be as service as she is, and I, and I don't think I would be doing a disservice to what I'm doing here. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. It's Not only does it make sense, it's so beautiful that you know that about yourself, and it's also by you describing it like that gave me permission mm, to drop the rock. Drop Segway. the rock. Segway. Drop the rock, Full Mrs. circle. T. Full circle, what not segue. Miss T. Miss T. So, yeah, so do you mind if we kind of go back to, like, that transition from your that experience and the victimies and like what did that look like as you yeah I don't know when that happened when you realized oh I'm not speaking victimies anymore if it was then or or then that transition to New York that was a lot right there I do know it was perfect <laughs> and I followed all of it which it's it no that was perfect um it's it's so <laughs> so um I had it, and it just, like, went away. It's fine. I'll bring it back. Yeah. Say the last part again. You can edit this, right? So, <laughs> I probably won't. I like, I like the spontaneity and the discourse. Uh, but so I was asking, I sort of asked two different things. They might be the same, but because I don't know what Transition your timeline is. Transition from victimies, right? when you were speaking victimies, yeah. where was that in your life when you realized, ah, I am, and... Did that come later in life or did that come around this experience? I got accepted to Leslie University to start my master's in expressive therapy, which would have enabled me to become uh, a therapist using all different modalities of dance, writing, music, (sighs) art, drama, all of it, right? Because what I learned working with these kids is not everyone wants the drama. Some kids want to like, you know, give them paints and charcoal, give someone like a pen and paper. Verbally in any way. Absolutely. Yeah. Different, right? And so I decided, okay, let's that's my next step. Let's empower this. As soon as I got to Boston and I unpacked my room and I stood there, I said out loud, I'm ready for New York. Oh. <laughs> then I was like, damn it, what's gonna happen now? Because I was supposed to start, what is it before you start college? The, like um, your orientation? Thank you, yeah. which was in the mountains in New Hampshire. Okay. And we had to go to these cabins. It was all very like... Crunchy. <laughs> Beautiful, amazing. Yeah. And, and the women were incredible. The men were incredible. I was done. Yeah. I was ready for New York. I just needed to get out of my little comfort zone in Pennsylvania and show myself that I could do it. And then I was like, now it's time. Okay. So I deferred from school, which amazingly, it happens super quick. It takes a while to apply. You can quit in about two minutes (laughs) if anyone needs to know that. (laughs) I was like, ah. They said defer. So if you change your mind, you can come back in a year and you're still accepted. Okay. I packed up everything. I went to New York City. I stayed on my brother's couch. Oh. The proverbial, you know, two suitcases, but literally. Late 20s? I had two, 26 years old. 26, okay. Mid-20s. I was like, oh, God. You might as well be 46, right, or 56, <laughs> because the industry is like, oh, God, you're old. You're 26, oh, which I is know. a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yes. But I've I got there. to New York, and I just, I, and it was a nightmare. It yeah. was, you know, it was all the stuff. My first roommate was a stripper, right? We had no windows yes. in our apartment. She'd walk around buck naked. There were cockroaches on the wall. Wow. And I was like, if I can make it here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I cried every day the first year. Yep. I was like, where are my trees? Where am I, you know, I'm a nature girl. Yeah. What am I doing? Yep. You know, and 
I got through that first year. And if anyone, the first year. it is it's the, the first, first year. year. I know I had it too. For everything, right? Mm-hmm. For a death, for a breakup, for, oh, and I was going through a breakup too oh, at the time. Crap. Finally, I just didn't get, I, I remember the stripper was next door. I forget her name. She was, <laughs> she, her room was like this huge room. She had the only window with like, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just pulled myself together. I went and got this great haircut and I, I started like going out and meeting people. And I just, you got to get through that first year, yeah. the four seasons, you got to do it because everything in me said, go back, yeah. quit, go back to what's familiar. You made a huge mistake Yeah. to the point where I even, uh, you know, cause nothing really happened for the first three years and I had to work a desk job. But I, I applied to NYU for drama therapy because okay. I was convinced. I was like, this doesn't work. I'm not supposed to be an actor. Go back. Yeah. They accepted me. Oh, okay. And again, I said, thank you so much, <laughs> but I'm supposed to be an actor. I and they're like, you said no to NYU. And they <laughs> did too. They were not, excuse me, what did you say? Yeah. I said, well, I, I, I'm sorry, what? And then all of a sudden they said, no one, no one deny his acceptance to NYU. And I said, I, I, I'm really not trying to be rude. <laughs> My heart is saying I need to keep going on this yeah. path. And they said, well, we wish you the best of luck. <laughs> and if you want to reapply, you can't defer. You need to reapply all over again. Okay. And I said, I understand. Thank you so much. Okay. And I hung up the phone and I was like, Shit, what did I just, Yeah. but it was, it, it was like a no brainer. Was that in the moment or had, okay, so you just heard this voice and I'm like, well, I vomited out and you're like, wait, you're watching yourself say it and like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It was my authentic yeah, self. it was. Yeah. And she was like, no, no girl, I want you. I, I need you somewhere. Yeah. I couldn't see where it was yet. Yeah. But this, this voice inside was like, nope, it's not there. Yeah. So. So then you kept pressing forward. Kept pressing forward and shortly thereafter, okay. um, I took a, there were these classes, do you remember Actors Connection, mm-hmm. one-on-one, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And so I had one credit left. I had bought like a three. Okay. Oh, and I was done. I had done an audition for a casting director who yawned during my <laughs> monologue from How I Learned to Drive. And there I am. I'm like a little bit, I'm like pouring my heart out, you know, and I'm oh. talking about being molested by my uncle. And I look up and this lady's like, oh God. <laughs> and I got... And, and I finished it with dignity, but yeah. I got in the elevator and I just started crying. And I was like, I hate this city. I hate this business. Yes. Been there. And I had one credit left. And my mother goes, would you just look into audiobooks? And I was like, ma, I'm trying to be a successful actor. Okay. Enough with the audiobooks. Okay. Therese, you have such a lovely voice. Come on. My mom doesn't really talk like that. but <laughs> So there was a class for audiobooks taught by Robin Miles at Actors Connection. I had one credit left. What? Who cares? Let's just do it. Yeah. Showed up. I did it. Robin Miles said, you need to be recording audiobooks. I said, great. How do I do it? Well, you need to take my class. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, another class, right? Asking another for money. And yeah, this is just a This scam. is another. Like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. But I did it. And because I did it, because I showed up for it, I auditioned for something for BBC that Robin had me read for. I think this is how it went down. This is how I remember it. That audition went through a studio called Talking Books, which is no longer. Okay. It was right across from Penn Station. Mike Charzik, who's the executive producer of Audible, was, had a studio there and was recording people there because the headquarters were still being built in Newark, New Jersey for okay. Audible. Happened to hear my audition. Yeah. You know, like universe. universe. Yeah. 
calls me up at my desk job where I'm losing my mind <laughs> and says, hey, this is Mike Charzik. We heard your audition. We'd love it if you came down and read for us for audiobook. Absolutely wonderful. I sent you the scripts, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, wonderful. Hang up the phone. I'm like, what's an audiobook? What is he talking? What is he talking about? <laughs> like retained a tiny bit of whatever Robin yeah. Miles was talking about, but I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. Just go freaking act, yeah. right? What do you? I don't know. Go down. I do it. I book it. He says this was great. Blah blah blah. And then I, I, I. He gives me a book to do. So I take a week's vacation from my desk job. Every day I'm um, recording during the day. At night I'm rehearsing for an off, 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 off Broadway show. <laughs> but I mean, I'm doing what I yeah. came here to do. Yeah. And I am so happy. Yeah. I can't make this up. The day I get back to the desk job, Rodney, this Brit, calls me into his office. Okay. I didn't well, say the company's name. Yeah, yeah, you didn't say his last name. We're good. And he says, we cannot, we cannot justify this position any longer. We're letting you go, but please take your time. And if you need any letters of recommendation, we'll, okay. you know, we'll all help you out, all this stuff. And I'm like, and literally that morning I was praying on the subway, please give me the strength to show up to this job. Because uh, after having a week yes. working as an artist, I was like, I never want to go back. I, yeah. He fired me that day. I got fired. The and so heard you. I was like, what's, happen what's happening? What's happening? But then by five o'clock, the panic set in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how am I going to get health insurance? How am I going to pay rent? Yeah. So I'm walking to go meet friends for coffee. My phone rings. It's Mike Charzik. Therese, how are you? It's Mike Charzik. I'm like, oh, I'm very well, Mike. How are you? The woman who was supposed to do this whole series of books is pregnant. <laughs> she can't finish her contract. Any chance you're available. Why, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. You're doing the little legs underneath. I go back like to Rodney. I'm like, I don't need that two weeks, sir. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I left and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy at first. I was yeah. on unemployment. I was maybe getting one project too, mm -hmm. but that began. Yeah. That began the journey. And I've built these relationships with publishers and engineers and directors and other colleagues and I am in a community of people of storytellers of that are I can't even yeah it's so much different than and we're all actors but it's so much different yeah. than the than the you know the auditions now you said you were a dancer mm -hmm. did you ever do like auditions for acting or is I attempted were the, <laughs> were the auditions for dancing just as oh, yeah. ludicrous okay oh, definitely I mean I I'll share a little bit, but I want to go back to you. Um, but yeah, I was a modern contemporary dancer. My fave. And and like when I first arrived, so I danced with a lot of you know pickup companies, and I got a gig with a touring company. So I did that, but then I ended up retiring um, when I was twenty seven. Yeah, as we do. Oh, yes, <laughs> because I was a little disenchanted by it. You sure. know, all of the politics of it, and then also busting my ass, and then getting the gig, and being like, I don't want to work with this person anyway. Cause they're oh, crazy, or I don't like truth. their choreography, or whatever. Yeah. So I was getting a little disenchanted, and I had a, a injury, mm. a hip injury. So I thought I'd get have to do like a hip replacement by the time I was 30. So wow. I retired, but then I got this marvelous idea at 31, 30 or 31, that I should go back and be a musical theater dancer. So I started taking voice lessons and a couple of acting classes. Yes. 
And, and then I would sit in the room with 22-year-olds, 222-year-olds, all packed in a room that th- is this big. It's a cattle call. We're in a teeny tiny room, yes. just so you guys yes. know. Um, and then go in and, yeah, have people yawn and eat their lunch in front of you for, you know, two counts of eight. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I completely relate. Um, but keeping it real, keeping it real. But the beautiful thing was, is I was getting really like run down and kind of disenchanted by it too. And I was leaving one because I had to go to work. I was to go teach my Pilates class. And I ran into my friend Dante, who danced with me in TEDx. And I was like, jumped in his arms, like, where have you been my whole life? (laughs) And he literally called me the next day and said, I have a, I have a gig. I need you to be my assistant. And I was like, you haven't seen me dance in 10 years. What the hell? And kind of the same thing, like just the universe. Yeah, taking care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I love your story of, of just that kind of, that's, that's how it always is. It's just taking a chance. I mean, yeah. you prayed and you said, okay, how am I going to do this? And the universe just continued to follow and said, okay. And it's even sounds like it all those other times too. You know, when you apply for grad school, okay, here it is. What's your choice? Yeah. And, you know, you, know yeah. you really had a lot. I like to think of, not just them as being signs, like people always say, oh, it's a sign from the universe. I always think them as questions Ooh. of, here it is, Therese, what do you want? And then you heard that voice go, no. Yes. Right? It was your question. Yeah. Here it is. Do you want this? No. And I find that you, you have a really remarkable way of aligning with something, but then also understanding oh, that wasn't actually my alignment or yeah. whatever it was. Or maybe this isn't my time because you said that too about one of the, one through like I think the first grads, the, when you were working with the kids. I did. And I said, I can always come back to this. Yeah. I can always come back and be of service in this way if yeah. I want to. And school's not going anywhere. This yeah. degree's not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm supposed to. And I want to share that even um, when I was doing the audiobooks, I was also, I got an agent and I started going out on the auditions a lot. What started to happen was I was getting pulled in so many different directions yeah. and again, had to come to a crossroads where it was like, where do we want to focus? Yeah. Where are the doors opening a little bit easier than yeah. they're not, right? Mm-hmm. And where they were opening a little easier was with the voice work, was mm-hmm. with the storytelling. Um, I love doing the TV and the film and that, but what was happening was I would be telling a story and then the phone would be going ding, 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 ding with the agent saying, you need to call back here. You need to go back. And so all of a sudden I wasn't focusing anywhere. So no story was even being told because I was like, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) that's not a way to live. I was being, I was like, this, this stinks. Like this is so stressful. When I made the decision to just focus one road, mm-hmm. right? All these other opportunities started to happen. Yeah. Because you were getting clear about the road Clearer. that you wanted to take. Yeah. It sounds like you, ha- yeah, like you said that day you prayed and then you got fired and then you got that call. I got it's fired. Just, yeah. As soon as you get clear on yeah. that road that you want to take, all of the other things, the noise that isn't necessarily bad, but they're just other little roads, right? Yeah. Very clear, it sounds like. And it doesn't look the way I thought it was supposed to. It never is, is it? (laughs) Broadway, right? Uh, Feature film, all this kind of audio (laughs) book. Right? So I'm at a staff day at a library in Indiana with like hundreds of librarians. P.S., they're the coolest people I've ever met, and they know everything. Okay. 
Um, and they're getting cooler. Like there was like a bunch of hipster librarians. I was like, uh, hello, <laughs> let's think, do this. I think librarians were the original hipsters. <laughs> they know everything. Out. Yeah, right? And so telling them my story, and I swear to God, I left there and I thought to myself, if this is the stage, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. This is amazing. And then yeah. having people come up afterwards and share like what what listening to stories has done for them. Yeah. I had one guy come up, huge guy, after I did a, a little event with Charlene Harris, who wrote True Blood, and okay. I did her Aurora Tea Garden series. This dude comes up, and he's like, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, God, is he drunk? Like, what's happening? <laughs> he says, I spend like 11 hours in the car every day. I think he's a truck driver. Okay. I listen to your stories. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I do a bunch of romance stories. So oh, I never yes. know what people are listening to. And I'm like, oh God, is this about to get inappropriate? Yeah, right. He's like, you have helped me with my PTSD. Wow. And I'll, I burst into tears. Like, yeah. of course, because I'm a crier and, and this kind of, and he goes, I get so calm listening to your voice. Oh. And I thought to myself, oh, my God. Because when you record a book, you are, I mean, I have my engineer on the other side of the glass, but you are in a booth mm -hmm. with yourself and all your voices, mm -hmm. right? Bringing this, this story alive, but you never know mm -hmm. what the ripples are yeah. unless someone comes back and shoots you an email right. or lets you know, right? Like yeah. the, the sister that you helped, the yeah. little sister. Yeah. And yes, thanks for putting social media in kind of like a bright light for yeah. a minute because I'm so anti. Oh, me too. <laughs> Even I, though I, I have to yeah. use it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're right. It's all how we use it. It is how we use it. And when he told me that, I was like, Therese, just just keep going, girl. Yeah. Just keep, because there's days where I'm like, audio box. This yeah. is exhausting. What am I doing? I need to get out there. I need to. And being in the like a isolated booth too, because you're a very vibrant person, and to just like have all that vibrancy in a tiny little room, I can imagine how that goes. My engineers and I laugh a lot. Good. The outtakes are the best part of the Good. recording session. Yeah. But yeah, so that's amazing. I feel like. You, you mentioned your family. Some of them are super, you know, intense with, with the service that they're giving the world. And there you are doing the yoga. But there, I feel as if it boils down to two things, right? Mm -hmm. Love and service. Yeah. And sometimes it's super bright. And thank you for calling me a vibrant personality. Yeah. I've been told to calm down since I was born. Because <laughs> like, you have your little fist in the air. But yeah, it's good. But I'm a firecracker. Yeah, you I'm are. a Leo. My little niece says, Aunt Rez, when you smile, you have stars in your eyes. Aww. But I'm like, I'm like on, I, there's yeah. a fire in yeah. me, right? And I can't calm that down. Yeah, I've you're tried. like, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I have calm yeah, my Yeah. <laughs> like the, any wonder I have heart palpitations, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I don't know. This has been an amazing conversation oh, so far. I know. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I... I so much in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can kind of wrap it up if, you're, okay. if you want. But I am curious to see, like, what is your, what does your life look like? Um, you know, how many hours do you work? You know, if there's somebody, you know, who is listening to this, who is a striving, you know, trying to be an actor or has a great voice and they're like, hmm, maybe I should do that. What does that life look like? What does that look like? What is your, a day in the life of Therese Plummer? It like? is, okay. If you think you have a good voice, mm -hmm. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> and 
sit down and open up a book and start reading it to your kids or to your parent or to your partner or to yourself and 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 start building those muscles because yeah. what my life looks like is I go into a studio I stand for six hours a day yeah. because I've sat for the last 15 years almost <laughs> and I have three herniated discs <laughs> because I've become a little yeah. person no it's it's um it's six hours a day you get a lunch break you get other breaks but you are a one I'm a one woman show yeah. and I bring I actually I'll say that to you when we're off the air Sorry, edit. <laughs> but but I am bringing the men, the women, old, young, different ethnicities, different, I mean, aliens, Amazons, werewolves, vampires, gargoyles, <laughs> everyone is coming to life, okay. right? And so that requires a ton of energy and yes. stamina. So I'm in bed by nine o'clock and yeah. I get a full night's sleep and I'm awake and yeah, I'm probably a couple shots of espresso in because that helps me a little bit in the mornings. But it has to be prepped. The book has to be read beforehand. I have to know where my accents are. I need to know where my words are. I need to know where the, where the story is going. I need yeah. to know what's going to happen. Yeah. So that once I'm in that booth, I get to bring it to life yeah. for you. Yeah. And what's beautiful about it is on the stage, I'm very big, right? And yeah. we've got to be project so that the nosebleeds can hear us. And yeah. when you are in a studio, I can tell I'm even talking very quietly in here. Yeah. It's so intimate. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're in somebody's earbuds, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or you're in somebody's car and they're yeah. like, but it's a very intimate. Storytelling is a very intimate art. Yeah. And so you're not going to be, there are times where I have to like yell, but I'll back off from mm-hmm. the microphone or I'll do things like that. Um, I finished a project yesterday. I gave birth on a ship during a storm with just my babushka to help me. And I thought it was going to be a son, but it was a daughter. And then I ended up in America, in Philadelphia, after crossing Russia during World War I. It was a really long day. (laughs) I sat down and I said, I'm really tired. We went through a lot today. That's amazing. And so are you, you're, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for making it from Russia to here. You're yeah, welcome. I totally appreciate it. And so it sounds like you now have work pretty steadily. So yes. you work just back to back. And that took you like how many years to get to that point? Gosh. That first. A good five years that's to start great. building that up. I started with maybe a book a month and then okay. maybe two a month. And now it's usually a book a week. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's also, I just want to say a shout out to self-care because I'm my own boss, because that um, disease to please Oprah talks about, mm-hmm. right? The yes, and we're so scared if we say no yeah. that they'll just give it to somebody else. Right. Knowing my worth mm-hmm. and saying, um, I actually had a, a, a beautiful woman named Samantha who works at Audible. She said to me, do you really want to go five days a week? why don't we do four? And I looked at her and I said, thank you. Yeah. Because that's sustainable. Right. Or even maybe making it a four hour record day instead of a six. Right. They've got to get the product done. They've got to get it done. And I'm like, yes, yes, I can do it. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And now as I'm heading into a little bit of longevity with this and knock on whatever, because let's hope it still happens. Yeah. I got to take care of the instrument. Absolutely. Because you burn out. It is, it's a, you just heard my day. Yeah, it's 
exhausting. I'm exhausted. You try to give birth during a storm in the ocean, (laughs) then travel through Russia with your lover. No, it was, it's, it's a lot. So. Well, and thank you for pointing out the self-care because I stress that a lot. You know, every other week we, we alternate between people's interviews and stories. And then I kind of continue on the conversation with a self-care tool. Nice. And last, last week I really talked about that, how that's so important. Um, because whatever, whatever path you're taking, we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of that service. Like you said, everything's with love and service. And if we are in service in some way, we have to love ourselves. We have to give ourselves that love before we can give it to others. So whatever it is, pour your love into the, into your art of, of sharing stories or, you know, acting or, helping children, you know, who are in these broken homes. It's just, we always have to take care of ourselves first. So thank you for reminding all of us that, um, did you have something else to say? Oh gosh. I was like jumping out of my skin. Well, when you were saying that the transition from victimese to was, that was it too. It was when I lived in victimese, Mm -hmm. I was waiting for someone to rescue me. (laughs) I was waiting and come on, let's let's not be too hard on ourselves. Every freaking fairy tale we've been told oh, yeah. growing up. Oh, the yeah. damsel in distress, the oh, prince yes. comes, he rescues us. Yep. So we're, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, mm-hmm. waiting for the right guy to come and just be like, I got you, girl. Yep. The problem is, like, I, I, I wanted them, like, I wanted to not do any work once they got there. <laughs> I was like, dead weight, right? I'm like, right. get me out of the pool. Yeah. When I learned that I was the one that had to rescue me, and I, I distinctly remember when that happened. And it was working with this incredible, incredible therapist who introduced okay. me to little me okay. and teenage me mm-hmm. and young adult me yeah. and all the me's that are inside there. And I'm not talking about multiple personalities. I'm talking <laughs> Just, yeah, about... the phases of your life and yeah, the personalities you were. Yeah. Little parts of ourselves, right? That might've gotten stuck and didn't get a chance to like grow into adulthood. But yeah. to acknowledge that and rescue myself and, and become that Prince Charming that I've been looking for, mm. that's when the transition happened. Awesome. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you become a queen. Yes, you are a queen. <laughs> right back on, at you. You're a full-on queen. <laughs> I'm so glad we did this. Me too. Uh, where can people find you? So, uh, audible.com, if you type in Therese Plummer, okay. you'll find all, I think there's about 400 audiobooks okay. now, all different genres, all different crazy awesome, awesome. new ones are coming in. Um, www.thereseplummer.com okay. is my website, and then I'm on Instagram. Do I do the handle? Whatever you want. Whatever you, however at, you want them to find you. At Plumber Therese. Yeah. At Plumber Therese on Instagram and on Twitter at tplumber76. Okay. And then the face place. You can just type in my name. It's Plumber with two M's. Okay. Yeah. This was such a joy. Thank you. And we have to do this again. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed time with Therese. I really did. It was such a joy sitting with her and learning more about her. It was really the first time I got to sit and chat with her. And I loved it. I was super excited hearing her journey and seeing the parallels of mine. Um, it just it, it just reminding me that we are so connected here. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that. Let, let us know, you know, definitely go over 
to the Nomad website. You can share your comments there. You can also find out what is happening in Nomad Land. Uh, but yeah, if you're not if you're not there, you want to just share or rate us at one of the platform um, podcast platforms. Let it you know share with your friends. It's really helpful for 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 us to have you help us. You know, share the love and give us feedback. It's really helpful to know. You know, is this sitting with you? Are you, is it resonating with you? Is it affecting your life in some way in a positive light? Uh, that that's what we're here for. So let us know how that is going, and we'll be back next week. Have a good one.